position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know. Uh, join us on Steam and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals. Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello, and welcome to episode number 370 of the Best Links Games podcast being recorded for you on this Saturday, the 27th of, October, of November, uh, 2021, at uh, 2.30 in the morning, left coast, Pacific coast, coast of the most, time. Crack engineer Ivor Molina is over there in the booth, sorry about that, like a getting very distracted. We have a very quick show for you this week, but anyway, Crack Engineer, I want Lena's over there in the booth holding up the whiskey sign. That means one thing. Day after Thanksgiving. Mm. Two days after, actually, technically. That would make it, of course, for our sequel friends here at Fired Ivor. Uh, 2021 Oh shit, just dropped a cigarette that was lit. One moment. 2021, uh, 11, ah, 27, at 02.30 hours. Uh, let's get straight to our top, our top stories as I have other things that I need to do this morning. 
Yeah, I know. You are the last and least important aspect of my day-to-day. You fucks. You fucking jackals. As Seth Myers might put it. But anyway, so our top stories this week. I've already fired. Ivor, you're fired. You're fired, Ivor. Ivor is fired. Ivor has been fired. He's just learning about this now. Ah, it's crazy. I'm trying to explain it to him. He does not get it. So, our top stories this week. First off, I woke to the stunningly happy news about that's total sarcasm and I take it back immediately. There's a new hyper-contagious variant of COVID-19 called the Omicron variant. And this is what you get when you don't listen to science. There seems to be this pervasive idea in this country in particular, at least, that whenever you're whenever someone disagrees with you and then destroys your argument with actual evidence that that doesn't mean that you lose the argument and that you are wrong it just means they've somehow cheated you this is what you get when you take on that mindset this plagues fascism genocide and the end of democracy is what you get so I hope you had a really good Thanksgiving because it's probably going to be our last Omicron variant, we don't know much about it, except that it's spreading so rapidly throughout unvaccinated uh, 6% of Africa is vaccinated it's a South African variant of COVID and uh, this is what you get and when it gets here, which it already is probably here those of you who are not vaccinated well, this is what I'm telling to someone who I really like a lot tomorrow. It's going to suck not coming to your hospital bed. So yeah, and once that starts running rampant here in about three months, maybe two months, good luck. Good luck. That's the unpleasant news. Also on unpleasant news, but pleasant for everyone else except for me, it is now the Steam Autumn Sale. The Steam Autumn Sale is going on now through uh, December 1st, 2021. We have some super cheap picks for super good games. We only have six of them. But instead, we're going to devote uh, this week's show because I don't have the time or energy this year to fucking talk about every goddamn game that you can find on the autumn sale because you can find them yourself. Go to the Steam store and go to the store. You'll, You'll find all the games. But, uh... Instead, we're going to focus on the Steam Awards. So, Ivor, based them with a feature, and then we'll get to the deals before the end of the show. Steam Awards stop 
Wait, hang on. Shit. Ivor, you're fired. You're supposed to... Wow. Yeah, okay. So, oh wait, no, that's when they're now... Oh, uh, whatever. January 3rd. They're going on now through January 3rd, so vote. And we'll discuss that presently. And we're basing with the feature. Do it. Do it! Alright, so, as I mentioned, the uh, Steam Awards, which is Steam's annual yearly award show, which they I, I really hate what they've done with it this year, which is crazy, because last year was better than most of the other years, but they still don't make a big enough deal about this. It's where anyone <coughs> excuse me, too much chain smoking, anyone can nominate any game that came out that year with the exception of one category, which is just bullshit. Um, the labor of love category. I mean, there's no way you can have that category without this exemption, but it has to have been published in calendar year 2021, at least uh, since December 3rd. It has to come has to have come out since I think December 3rd of 2020. And now, and as per the last several years. We're going to talk a lot about the Steam Awards. Here are my picks for the Steam Awards, and I'm going to explain why each pick, why I chose each pick. First of all, the Big Kahuna, Game of the Year. I picked RetroArch. Why? Because RetroArch landed on Steam this year, and RetroArch is the gateway, for Linux users at least, has become the preeminent gateway, LibRetro Project, for us to play under one giant umbrella whether you like it or not, whether you like the configuration of configurability of it or not, the customization of it or not, or the number of emulators or the functionality that you're able to get from each emulator or not it does a fucking bang up job of packaging every fucking, not every but for like 99.9% of the people, well I would say 95% of the people under one umbrella, uh, an emulation uh, front end and hub for all of the emulators that anyone could ever need and the ones that aren't there yet in terms of Steam uh, you can copy them over manually from the freestanding retro arch, which I'm sure you all have. That is a total of like somewhere between, depending on if you want to include arcade games or just console games or both. Then how many how many computer games do you want to include in that? Uh, I mean, are we talking about you know MSX? I guess. One and two, are we talking about how, how, which consoles, are we talking about retro consoles, like Atari and Intellivision? Are we talking about Commodore and 
you know, blah, blah, blah. But it's about easily 15,000 games. So that is game of the year for me. Up next, virtual reality game of the year. I have not played a single virtual, I have not bought a single virtual reality game that was published this year. So I just looked at a list uh, in the Steam store of what was published recently this year and I picked one at random. I picked Iron Rebellion and the only reason I did this is because, and this is something I disagree with and I think it's very, very stupid is that the Steam Awards this year, they give you 25 experience points for every category you nominate a title in or no they give you 25 experience points for these six activities that they make you they want to make you jump through which are all equally fucking stupid and the stupidest one of all is an, it's like an achievement get whatever where you've nominated at least one title for every category that's going to encourage a lot of fucking stupid people to blindly nominate like I just did I, I picked Iron Rebellion because it looked like a mech game and I don't give a fuck about it and I don't give a fuck about VR this year and yeah I was that for blunt but I had to pick something and it doesn't even make it easy for you by showing you like a list of games that came out this year if you not bought any games that are applicable to that award this year it shows you nothing, so you have to go do your own research. I picked Iron Rebellion. It's a mech game. I don't give a fuck. I did not buy it. I have not played it. I didn't even bother to watch like the Steam Store cinema of it. That's blah, but I needed something for VR. It came out this year, so I picked Iron Rebellion. Labor of Love Award. This is the only award that can be gifted to any game that did not win the previous year. And so it doesn't have to come out this year. It just is not allowed to have won last year. I picked Dead Cells. Because obviously, like, they just came out, like, last month with another fucking thing today. Massive update, whatever, new features. I haven't played Dead Cells in since like three months now playing Dead Cells for a long time it's one of the finest video games that you'll ever own in your entire life it is an infinite video game it is a video game that is also designed to be infinite meaning that this side-scrolling procedurally generated basically Castlevania Symphony of the Night where I am dungeon scum that is all I really am yeah I am Dungeons. Anyway, the developers themselves decided to forego any near term possibility of a uh, sequel or franchise, franchises, whatever the fuck. They're not going to make a franchise out of it. They might. I hope that they do, but there's, it's one of the best games ever made in my opinion, ever, of all time. And so, yeah, it gets the Labor of Love award for me. Um, basically because they keep adding to it, and it is like, 
almost a perfect game. Some of the earlier builds I liked more, some I liked less. But Labor of Love, definitely dead cells. Then the fucking ambiguous, permanently ambiguous, better with friends category. Which, if you, like I, of course, are a Linux gamer, then you know that what we really want, that this category is like a sore point for us, because all we want is to be allowed to play EAC games, games that Tim Sweeney has forbidden from us. And sure, there might be, yeah, I talked to BPR, and he doesn't seem to understand, like, I'll believe it when I see it, means, guess what? It's been five, like five, four months now? Yeah, lots of games have come out and none of them fucking work. So, there's that award. So, I gave it to Hellish Quart. The only game ever made, including sequels to the original game. The only game that lives up to the legacy of Bushido Blade. Of course, it does. It focuses on 16th and 17th century Polish swordsmanship, so there's lots of sabers, lots of curved sabers, but there are also cutlasses, there's also rapiers, and there are broadswords, um, and there are is, uh, uh, diversity. I was trying, uh, trying to think of the word starts with P, not polyphony, but there's a, a broad range of different uh, personalities that you can pick from as your character and that game is absolutely better with friends even though they keep improving it and it's still in early access there is no other fighting game made by European martial art fucking aficionados who actually fight with these things who know the history who love fighting games who love Bushido Blade and who want to make a historically accurate fighting game for sword dueling where it's as brutal as one hit one kill or as complicated as the most recent update which introduced finally fully functioning stamina and right of way rules for all characters and they added a new character uh Father Zira. If you've not seen the live stream that we do, you should probably go look for some of the recent video on demand of Father Zira. I'm Zira! I bless you, my son, but some of you have them. I matter. The Lord gave us two, and now you have one, and you must die. That's Father Zero. He's got a broadsword that's as big as him. It is enormous. And they're still tweaking out all the characters. But, like, I mean, for reals, like, the costumes costumes in Hellish Court that the characters wear aren't just researched by someone who works in a museum or who has read a book about, you know, what, you know... 1650 to 1730 pseudo pre-Napoleonic war 
daily attire was for people in Poland. No, they went to a fucking museum and said, well, we're gonna scan, we have this giant fucking scanner and we're gonna scan all of the costumes. And they weren't costumes that they were scanning, they are actually in a museum because they were actually worn by real people. That's how fastidious and psychotic these guys are. They could have easily won the labor of love, but I had to rejigger, I had to rebalance and rejigger everything around. Because you can't, this year you can't nominate the same game for more than one category. I can't remember if it was always like that. I think it wasn't. I think that was less stupid. So, Better With Friends, Hellish Court. And it, that game, in particular, even though they've added over the last like six months multiple new tweaks to game modes and entire new game modes that make the game so much more playable as a single player, they have yet to fully implement the story mode and they don't have a fucking uh, infinite survival mode where you fight to the same number of rounds and the survival isn't based off of if you die, but if you win. Survival mode in this game is meant... Survival mode is great. I love survival mode. And if you have to play single player, you're going to play survival mode. But, like, it would be great if they had the mode I just described, where, like, you could go to, like, three rounds, you know, best of three to win the match, and that meant you survived... Um, all with random difficulty and behavior profiles for single player for the uh, computer control player because there's nothing like that in the game and if they put that in the game which would take them fucking an afternoon to put that in the game that would mean that I would never need to worry about the matchmaking there is no matchmaking in Hellish Court but there is Steam Remote Let's Play Together support and that's their multiplayer mechanism meaning you, if you want to play against someone else, if you want to play against a human opponent, which is a thousand times better than playing against the AI there is no like single difficulty profile for the AI you can make them more aggressive less aggressive, more defensive or more prone to try to dodge attacks all of which are great and all of which teach you a lot about how to get really good at sword fighting in the game which is incredibly realistic, it's fantastic and what they've done just this last six months has been phenomenal but there is no substitute for playing against a real human being and on top of that, by virtue of the nature of Steam Remote Let's Play Together, only one person needs to own a copy of the game, but you do need to know someone who wants to play Hellish Court with you in your friends list right now, who has a good, you know, reasonably good internet connection or whatever. Like, every time the fucking, um... I can't remember because he quit the server and he just unfriended me. Uh, I can't remember his name, but whatever the fuck that guy's name was. Uh, I don't know. People come and people go. I cannot remember the guy's name. 
Shadow Glare. Shadow Glare. Who got all pissed off because his name was used in two episodes. Ooh. And I suggested to him that, you know, there is one way that you can be sure you'll never get mentioned in another episode. Huh? You know, you'll never hear your name in another episode. Stop listening. Uh, cause go fuck yourself. Wow, like I don't have other things to worry about. Like your fragile fucking ego. Anyway, fuck that guy. I guess that's what I'm saying. I don't know why I'm saying it now because I don't even really mean that, but like, yeah, you're a pathetic pussy is what I'm trying to say, I guess. But people come and people go. And Shadow Glare could never get a fucking internet connection up that fucking supported his controller. And so, but Shadow Glare was frequently on when I wanted to play Hellish Court, and we, he helped me test a lot of it with a very bad internet connection. And that sucks. This limits the number of people that you can play with. I really wish that there was in game matchmaking. That's a feature that they should roll out last. But until they do, Hellish Court is most definitely a thousand times better with friends. Playing it against someone else is fantastic. Even if they don't know how to play, they are, they will, like over the course of an hour, they will become competent enough to really give you some good back and forth, some good conversations with Blades. So that's better, better with friends. Hellish Court for outstanding visual style I picked The Ascent and people will, might complain that like I didn't pick Cyberpunk 2077 for any of the Steam Awards but The Ascent I think is a much better looking game than Cyberpunk 2077 and I think it's actually a better Cyberpunk game than Cyberpunk 2077 and I think it's a about the same length as Cyberpunk 2077 might be a little shorter um and the amount of time that went into the environments in the ascent is ridiculous for a 12 12 person development team to put together the ascent is just jaw dropping just from the environments alone so the visual style bang out of the park it could have also been one of my nominees for better with friends but whatever outstanding visual style the ascent you want 15 to 20 hours of fucking awesome gauntlet style cyberpunk story driven uh static Diablo like Diablo 1 dungeon crawling mission based bullshit in a far-flung far-flung science fiction-based future arcology The Ascent all in a demi-isometric two-thirds camera view that does amazing things when you enter particular areas that reveal and conceal and it's a gorgeous game and the visual art style is like uh, you know, like you, you'll visit familiar locations, like ah, I started in the Stygian sewers or whatever. But then you start seeing shit like fifteen, you know, ten hours in the game, six hours in the game that is just jaw dropping, and that combined with the cyberpunk atmosphere, uh, 
which I think is as good, if not better than Cyberpunk 2077, earns Outstanding Visual Style, The Ascent. The Ascent earns that award for me. Now, originally, my pick for innovative gameplay, most innovative gameplay of the year, was for High Fleet, because I felt like I needed to have High Fleet in my best of list. Don't worry, this is not my best, my personal best of. These are my picks for the Steam, um, you know, the Steam Awards. These are my nominees. Then I thought Psychonauts 2, but then I remembered Severed Steel came out this year. And I think Severed Steel is one of the best, might be my game of the year. We'll find out, though. We will find out at the, you know, at the appropriate time before New Year's we will you will hear my game of the year awards um but severed steel is probably like yeah it's right but anyway so i had to figure out i don't know if it's going to be severed steel or if it's going to be high fleet cuz i can't believe that severed steel didn't pop up at every point in my nomination process for every one of these categories. Severed Steel, first-person shooter, meets Max Payne, meets The Matrix, meets Wall Running, meets Parkour, meets Mirror's Edge, meets Time Trials, meets uh, Disco Candy Colored, unbelievable voxel-based Carnage with highly detailed enemies and an amazing color scheme. So, maybe I'll shift it around outstanding visual style, go to Severed Steel. The Ascent might get knocked off the list. Or Severed Steel belongs as the innovative gameplay title. But then, then on the other hand, you have High Fleet. Which is an expensive game. It's like 30 bucks, I think. Uh, Ivor, you're fired. You should have done this research. Where the fuck is it? High Fleet. High Fleet. Oh, High Fleet right now is $20.99. It came out July 27th, 2099. This game should be... Oh, it's 30% off. That's actually a much nicer price. I paid uh, 30 bucks for it. It's $21 right now through December 1st, of course. But High Fleet is a game that go back and listen to our review of High Fleet from fucking no less than like, it's in the last six weeks, I can't remember when we reviewed it High Fleet is a very complicated game with not that innovative gameplay and that was what I realized after I saw Severed Steel somewhere else, I was like, oh wait, you know what High Fleet is really more a sum of its parts it's greater than the sum of its parts, then it is truly innovative in any one of them, except for the main campaign. But even that draws heavily off of other procedural, procedurally generated roguelikes like uh, Faster Than Light. High Fleet is Faster Than Light on fucking crack cocaine. It's it's uh, fuck, it, PCP, fuck crack cocaine. Crack cocaine won't get you anywhere in terms of near High Fleet level of insanity. 
and detail and pain, you'll suck at High Fleet. Even after you read the manual, even after you watched all the videos, you will suck for a very long time. And I didn't spend all my time in the ship editor, but whatever. So maybe that'll be our next category. Game you suck at. My original pick was Madness Project Nexus because I can't get the fucking controller to work right. And that game is a game that will aggravate like hardcore aggro my carpal tunnel to a degree that I I can't accept. I mean, I can't accept it. Because like that game I will play for like six hours like in one sitting. I know this. I know myself. The reason why I have not logged that many hours in Madness Project Nexus is because of the lack of controller support. I can't. Aff- I really can't. I can't aggravate. It gets bad. So then I was like, okay, well, what other game can I slot in here that I really, really love that deserves some form of nomination that is really a skill based game? I stretched it and I said Psychonauts 2. So that bumped Magic Madness Project Nexus. That is actually my final answer, I think, unless it switches with High Fleet, in which case it won't switch with High Fleet. Severed Steel will become innovative gameplay, and High Fleet will become game you suck at, because I do suck at that game, and that is absolutely true. But Magic Pro- Madness Project Nexus is probably going to be bumped from my my entire list. Which brings us to Soundtrack, a category which, ironically, as a musician, I care very little about in terms of video games. Generally, Soundtrack has to be so fucking good, it has to blow my mind. It better be out of this world good for me to even give a fuck. It better be Castlevania, Symphony of the Night, Castlevania 1, Castlevania 2, Kid Icarus, or uh, Goonies 2, or, you know, I can name like 15 fucking games that I better be as good as Tetris. That's hard to live up to. So I didn't give a fuck, but there's one game that I knew I really wanted to nominate this year for some category. I wasn't sure where it would fit in. And Aliens Fireteam Elite, which has this great fucking original soundtrack for it that's all like tied to the events that unfold as you go on these fire team missions with you know two other douchebags um two other space marines I'm sorry day in the core is like a day on the farm every meal a banquet every paycheck a fortune, every formation a parade. Look into my eye. I loved Aliens Fireteam Elite this year. We'll see if it makes my game of the year list. Um, But for soundtrack, it is totally authentic Aliens movie soundtrack. It's great. It's a good soundtrack and it belongs in that category. And it gets me out of having to figure out, you know, blah. Now, one of the hardest one of the hardest this year was actually 
this is traditionally one of the hardest categories for me. But this year, I didn't... I played a lot of games. We'll, we'll get to that sometime after the new year when we do our totals and our stats. But um, Outstanding Story is always traditionally a difficult category for me not this year in fact it wasn't even one of the suggestions that popped up when I when I went to do my nomination and I put something else in there and then like 20 minutes later I was like oh wait no there's only one game that goes for that debuted on Steam in 2021 there's only one game for me that wins Outstanding Story, and that's Days Gone. Days Gone, which you... Delta, Alpha, Yankee, Sierra, Space, Golf, October, November... Wait, is it October? Oscar! It's Oscar. So, Delta, Alpha, Yankee, Sierra, Space... Uh, Golf, Oscar, November, Echo. Days Gone. Phenomenal story. And one of the most effective um, games I've ever played at really getting me to care about the characters and you really care. And it's a zombie story. And it is so good. It is so good. It is deeply upsetting. Oh, man. You go through some shit in Days Gone. That absolutely... I mean, fuck. I should have probably seriously considered that being my game of the year, Days Gone. But outstanding story, hands down, Days Gone. I haven't played a better story in years. Years and years. Mm-hmm. And that brings us to our final uh, our final pick for the, our final nomination for the Steam Awards. And these are just my nominations. These are not, you know, blah, but I wanted to explain, because like they're kind of like the podcast nominations, too, and we kind of go through this every year. This year, f- finally, I have a legit nominee for a category that I've always struggled with, which is like the sit back and relax category. What do they have to say about it? Because like, last time I relaxed literally was my 30th birthday, which is a long time ago. I want to read the exact description. This game is the antidote to a busy day. It's smooth, it's relaxing, it lets your worries melt away. This game is your moment of zen. Well, I don't have many hours logged in this game yet. I was supposed to by now, but whatever. I only have two and a half hours logged. This game is fucking awesome. And if you want zen, I don't relax. I don't like relaxation. Relaxation happens when you die. You can tell because your bowels 
automatically evacuate as your muscle system shut down after your central nervous system shuts down after your brain shuts down after your heart shuts down and your pulmonary your whole pulmonary and respiratory systems so you want to talk about relaxing I'm you know that's death I don't believe in relaxation and I especially don't believe that relaxation should come from a fucking video game however I am aware that I am not the only person on the face of the planet and that other people play video games for other reasons for the first time ever in the history of this podcast and since I've ever nominated anything for the Steam Awards my nomination for the Steam Awards for the Sit Back and Relax Award there's no question it goes to EXO 1 that would be Echo X-Ray Oscar Space Oscar November Echo E X O space O N E X O one X O one isn't on any particularly huge sale. It just came out a couple of weeks ago. It's still, I think, in early access. No, it's not. It's done. It's done. It's seventeen bucks. It is absolutely worth it. I've only played two and a half hours. This is not a review. I'm just telling you. That's a sneak preview. We'll have to wait till I beat it. If XO1 were only two hours long, it would still earn that award. Because you can replay it and replay it and replay it. Combination of Ico, etc. Go back and listen to, I think, last week's show. We go postal over XO1. Because it's fantastic. You're an astronaut in an alien spacecraft that is basically a little ball. You have two modes. One mode makes... You can roll in any direction, but don't worry, you won't spend a lot of time rolling. You'll spend a lot of time flying. The first mode increases gravity by ten times. So if you're flying and you want to get to the ground, you do that it'll pull you right to the ground of any, right to the surface of any planet that you're on ideally you do this at the crest of a hill then you hold down the, the, the gravity increasing button which is right trigger as you roll down the hill which increases so like if you were just to roll down that hill you'd be fast but it's you're ten times faster then just as you're about to go up the other side of like any sort of incline or whatever that awaits after the hill, you let go of that button and you slam on the other button. The other button makes gravity null. And so you build velocity this way and it also converts you into a disc shape so you can fly. You're more aerodynamic. It is a phenomenal game. One man made that entire fucking game so yeah now those are our picks for the Steam Awards our nominations for the Steam Awards I'm sure you'll disagree with some of them Uh, be sure to get yours in though and get your Steam achievements I was going to talk a little bit about um, 
veggies and stuff, but whatever. Uh, because I went on a badge spree. I'm now steam level 78. I think it cost me 75 bucks to get to 78, but I wasn't anywhere near as broke as I am now. And I did it over the last six weeks of time. It takes a lot of time to get your steam level up. But anyway, now to the what everyone's waiting for are deals. These are just some random deals that not they're not random, entirely random, but you know, whatever. I'm just gonna bang through them. Blah. Um, first off, and these are not in any particular order, but you'll you'll soon see that these are incredibly inexpensive. We're going to talk a little bit about a couple of these because we got some time, right, Ivor? First off on our our deals for the Steam Autumn Sale, which ends December 1st. So all these prices are now through December 1st. First off, if you like a good I, I, I don't even I hate the Souls Dark Souls franchise shit and I hate that it's used as shorthand as a tag for lazy people who don't really understand what the fuck that means and so everything is masterpiece souls like you know whatever but there's this game I played uh, 10 minutes of it today just to make sure that it ran it's called Mortal Shell it's 35% off at $19.49. And if you, unlike myself, really like Dark Souls-like games, this game is actually very Dark Souls-like. It's very difficult, very inscrutable, doesn't... It's third person, it's got a bleak atmosphere... It runs on Linux, and it doesn't tell you a whole hell of a lot about what the fuck is going on in any given time, at least not enough to make it more compelling for me, but I will revisit it, maybe. I don't know. It, I, I did like some of the sword stuff, but it was not that cool. It was very much like Dark Souls 1 through 3. Also, kind of like Sekiro without um, the ability to grapple hook or upgrade stuff in any appreciable way, it felt like it was going to be a slog of grim, inscrutable environments, and so I stopped playing it and decided to record this week's episode of the podcast, which I'm doing now. It's not my type of game, and it lacks a certain... I don't know. It's it's probably just me, because it's been very well received. Mortal Shell, like I said, is 35% off at $19.49, and even if, at that price, if you don't like it, you can return it. Yeah, okay, so it came out August 18, 2021, and I didn't buy it then, because it was 30 bucks, and since then, all reviews, mostly positive, 1,927, and 77% of those 1,927 reviews were, po- were positive. And then the recent reviews, 364, 85% of those, which come from the last 30 days, are positive. So that, it's hard to ignore numbers like that when I find them. So Mortal Shell, 20 bucks. This next game I've beaten and is one of the best games that we've ever covered or talked about ever 
throughout the lifetime of this show. You ready for some Wang bitches? Shadow Warrior 2, in fact, this entire Shadow Warrior franchise, but specifically Shadow Warrior 2 is a great deal right now, 80% off at $7.99. Shadow Warrior 2, which is the sequel to the reboot of the original Shadow Warrior, uh, places you firmly in the boots of Lo Wang, who I imagine probably wears leather uppers, probably buckled shoes, buckled uppers, with like big disco dancing heels on them. Lo Wang... Shadow Wang, Shadow Wang, Shadow Warrior 2 is the best of all the Shadow Warrior games. It truly makes it a combination of devastatingly powerful, modern seeming, and futuristic and fantasy based uh, ranged weaponry, like in the form of guns, lots of guns, machine guns, all of which are upgradable to the nth degree, like literally the nth degree. There is no end. There is like an end to the amount of... But anyway. You can keep playing the game long after you've been in the game and keep unlocking fucking stones and combining stones or whatever then adding them and slotting them in and out of all of your fucking favorite weapons and adding up all sorts of shit. But the genius of Shadow Warrior 2 that makes it the best of all the Shadow Warriors is that Shadow Warrior 2 means that your melee weapons, such as your katana, your sword, your wakazashi, or your more exotic ninja-style magic-infused weapons, whatever the fuck you want, are all just as important as your ranged weapons. It's a masterwork to rebalance that entire franchise into that approach, and they do it phenomenally well with a great story in Shadow Warrior 2 and at $8 it's probably the best looking game that you will have played this year for $8 Um, next is a game that I have not played but I got it just before we started doing this episode of the podcast it's called Galicide G-A-L-A-C-I-D-E all I will say is that it's 90% off at 99 cents now, probably my favorite game on this list that actually runs under Linux. All of these run under Linux. I haven't tested Galicide, actually. Shit. Oh well, that doesn't matter. It's 99 cents, and you can return it for all of 99 cents if it doesn't run on your Linux box. But this game I was super excited to see because this runs on Linux and is one of those secret things on my secret list of games that need to run on Linux in order for it to be a world anyway Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell Blacklist which came out in 2013 was a game which I never got to play because I didn't have a console system for it and it didn't run on Linux I can play it now. Not only that, it's 75% off at $7.49. It is one of, if you remember Sam Fisher, voiced by Michael Ironsides, difference between living a witness and a corpse is no choice at all. Um, you want to live forever? $7.49, the game runs. The game works on Linux now. 
Now, for those of you who want something for the kids, a little more um, space shooterish, less Shadow Warrior, highly realistic first-person violence, a little less Mortal Shell, dark third-person fantasy violence with you know, fucking, uh, we're all gonna die alone, face down in the muck, kind of stingy in darkness and inscrutable magic and shit. Shit that you feel like an eight year old. Then you like scrolling space shooters. May I recommend Skyforce Anniversary, which I had problems with with my controller at first, but now it seems to work. We've covered the Skyforce franchise previously, but somehow this game managed to slip the knot. Um, of our coverage because like I think I covered Sky. Let's see. I only go in one other Sky Force game. Sky Force Reloaded. Yeah, good. That's exactly what I thought it was. I've you're fired. You should put that in the fucking notes. It's right there in my library. Sky Force Reloaded, which came out a while ago. Whatever. This game slipped under the radar. The difference between Sky Force and every other scrolling, this is a vertical scrolling space shooter, a la Raiden if you're a connoisseur of the art form it looks phenomenal it's also one of the best, you know scroll vertical scrolling shooters you'll ever play, particularly because of one innovation that they introduced to the gameplay, they made it almost like a roguelike there are four different medals you can get on each different stage that you've unlocked and there are a lot of stages. First medal is to collect all of the downed pilots who are asking for help a la choplifter. To do this, it seems simple, but first you have to identify where there's a pilot. Like, they're all wearing red flight suits and they wave and they curse at you if they think you're flying by them. So they do make themselves more obnoxiously noticeable and less stealthy and hidden than in previous games, at least through the first four or five missions that I've played so far. But in order to capture, in order to rescue them, you have to hover immediately over their position while taking fire from everyone else. Like the whole rest of the map continues. If you rescue all of them, you get a medal. If you go without getting hit throughout the entire level, you get a medal. If you kill seventy percent of the enemy force, you get a medal if you kill 100% of the enemy force which is a lot harder than you think it is you get a medal in between these medals you can replay all of these missions as many times as you want and you will replay them more times than you want which is like kind of the deficiency of Sky Force as a franchise but it's also one of its great qualities of enduring value and makes the game really worth playing is that there are these stars, every time you kill anything, there's a star that is floating about that star is an upgrade point you collect enough upgrade points you can upgrade one of I think eight different aspects of the characteristics of your ship and eventually I think if I remember correctly, you could buy other ships even in the other Skyforce Skyforce Reloaded but inside of each one of these upgrade categories which go from like main guns to missiles to star magnet so you don't have to like fucking fly so close to every fucking star I recommend upgrading star magnet 
pretty heavily as soon as you can because less stars you lose the fewer times you have to replay every fucking level over and over and over and over again and levels can be challenging levels you until you get like some decent you know the other upgrade categories are like you know the speed your health the health of your ship the number of hits you can take before you die if you die you lose but you can take multiple hits you have a health bar health bar is only good until you, like, you've upgraded like three or four times and even then you're still dodging left and right everything and you're memorizing patterns of you know it's, it's all the stuff that you love but with a fucking very deep very long each one of these categories is like ten fucking increasingly expensive exponentially expensive after you get like past level 4 and it's like 500 stars like the last level I beat I got 380 stars for beating it like I, you know you have to pick them up though you have to touch them um each level takes about like 10 minutes 10-15 minutes some of the harder ones take longer that is an incredible value Skyforce Anniversary which is not the same game as Skyforce Reloaded is 75% off at $2.49 so if you want something to plant the little fuckers in front of during this holiday season and you're broke like everybody else is fucking $2.49 that's like probably 50 hours of gameplay for your average adult if like that's the only game that they have for a little kid, they will happily happily blow through all $2.49 of that in probably half that time maybe 25 hours, 30 hours, something like that and they will love it because it's it's bright, it's colorful it's very realistic looking it's it's a game that the second I saw it on the sales, I'm like, what? how do I not have the latest Sky Force? so yeah, I was surprised that I missed it, that's how much I liked the other one Repetitive, yes. But whatever. Skills-based, yes. Finally in our list, we have a game that's a little more expensive. It's $6. It's called War Pips. W-A-R-P-I-P-S. Like War Pigs. But instead of pigs, pips. As in like the spots of spots on a side of a, a dice. Or side of a die. War Pips is 50% off at $5.99. And it was a game that I was waiting to go on sale. It's no the code, sir. But I was waiting for it to go on sale because it looks so interesting. It is pretty interesting. If you like... It's... It's very simple. If you like getting high and staring at a game where you have to have limited involvement and your strategic decision making is less important than your tactical decision making in terms of victory War Pips is great War Pips, I would describe it as a tower offense game basically the game's a tug of war and you, can o- you can't control your little individual soldiers these are like pixel trash little soldiers all of which have different abilities you spawn them in they go and try to complete the objective you have to balance uh, the objective is always to destroy the enemy camp the object, the enemy's objective is to always destroy yours, I don't know if there's multiplayer but there sure are a lot of units and the game is actually really fun, it is very 
I would say that it's not even a strategy game, and I would say that it's barely even a tactical game because like you basically just spend all your money on whatever fuck it is that you can find, but it differs from a tower defense game in that you're trying to destroy their base as they are trying to destroy yours. You have no control over any of it other than what you spawn, when you spawn it, and what you load out your mission with before you deploy. Um, And you have a broad selection of missions, and the missions have rewards in the form of units. Every time you spend a unit before you deploy, it's they're like cards, meaning that you burn that card. That card is gone. So, like, yeah, you can have a you can deploy with like the ability to deploy war pips, but if you only have one war pip card when you when you go to do that mission, subsequent missions until you get more war pip cards, uh, war pips will not be you won't be able to deploy them anymore. So you have to balance out like there's a bigger kind of strategic element to the game and it plays really fast and it's meant for really high people and for small children um, really high people will actually really like it. it there's a lot of detail, a lot of exciting stuff, lots of things to look at and keep track of but not so much that it's overwhelming and it's all organized so you can play with the controller so War Pips is 50% off $5.99 check it out if that's what you're into that'll do us for this week I'm gonna go get drunk cheers, hope everyone had a happy and healthy Thanksgiving and the holidays are now upon us, catch you next week bye bye a good idea four or five times hi there there is delight in doing things right four or five times it is I, E.B. Farnham Maybe I'll cry I'll get you a drink And if I die I'm gonna cry Four or five times Do you like to play? We like to play I like you We like to sing It only runs on Linux We like to go Yada yada yo Four or five times We're gonna have such fun Bebop 1 You're becoming hysterical Bebop 2 Yes sir Thank you sir Bebop 3 Yada yada yee Four or five times Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farnham. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. 
to subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.